From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Good morning, fun seekers. How you doing? It is Tuesday. I think it's the 13th, is it? 13th, something, yeah. 13th of uh, June, 2023. Don't mind me, I just woke up confused. So here we are. This is Patrick Timpone, and you've got OneRadioNetwork.com. If you're watching on video, you can subscribe to this channel, please. Hit that little bell thing, and they'll notify you whenever we put up a new show. And then underneath the, the video's uh, show, you have the, the links to our store. You might find some products or services there that uh, you'd like, and you can do that. And that's how we support uh, this show, by you purchasing products. And we get a little skiff, a little, a little zip on the top, a little bit of a commission. Is, is how we do it. Tomorrow, Dr. Thomas Cowan. He's been on quite a few times over the years, and uh, he's been one of the, uh, the main players in There Is No Virus movement, uh, well, along with the Baileys in Australia and uh, Kaufman and Vollmer, Melissa Sell, um, um, Mike Stone, um, what really makes you sick people in Europe, all those people. Anyway, uh, but he's moving on from that because uh, what are you going to do? We still try to encourage people to understand virology um, the best uh, that we can do. And then he's going into a new biology and we're going to talk to him about his, his next phase in his life. But he still continues to, to uh, interview as many people and have a, get on as many shows about the virus thing. But the people, it's interesting, I talked to him, but the, the, the people that are really virus, you know, um, McCullough, Malone, and all those folks, and Del Bigtree, and, and all those folks, they won't, they won't come on the air with him. He wants them to come on and debate it, but they won't do it. Okay, enough of that. Uh, phone lines are still out, but it's Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. We have a nice fellow. Uh, uh, he's a, just an interesting man. I really liked the first time we talked to him. He's Dr. Uh, Randy Weissong. He's a um, doctor of veterinary medicine. He has 13 books, scientific articles, newsletter. He writes about the origin of life, philosophy, self-improvement, fitness, nutrition, cool stuff. And uh, a book that he sent me, thank, and we're going to talk about today, this is really fun, Solving the Big Questions, As If Thinking Matters, and that's the name of his website, As If Thinking Matters, and this is the third edition, Solving the Big Questions, Revised and Simplified. Dr. Weissong, good morning. I think I need simplification when I'm solving the big problems, so I'm glad I got the third, <laughs> I'm glad I got the third edition. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good to be here. Nice to be with you. So you living in the great state of Michigan up there, beautiful state? Yeah. Yeah. Very pretty. Big trees, big trees up there. Lots of, lots of green, lots of water, but... Uh, lots of uh, uh, testing weather too. Uh, the winter and the, oh yeah, the no sun for long periods of time is is tough. But the change of the seasons is is really very nice. Really beautiful. Up there in the summer, up at, you're such in the northern area. It stays light for a very long time too, right? Nine, ten o'clock sometimes. Uh. Nine. About nine o'clock. Nine, I think. Yeah, you're coming yeah. up to the longest day of the year soon. So um, 
you're a veterinarian, and uh, where what where was it in your life you decided to solve the big questions and write thirteen books on this stuff? Did something happen as, oh, a, as a kid? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Just just wondering about about life and existence and God and and all of the things that are are uh, pushed into you if you're raised in a religion. I was raised Catholic, and so hmm. you know we said the Rosary during Lent, went to church faithfully every Sunday, and. Um, they supposedly had all the answers, but uh, it didn't. Uh, it, it was. I think it was more scary than anything. Was it? <laughs> it wasn't very enlightening, if you will. And uh, then when I, but it still still didn't really answer the question. Like, really, what is God? And you know, how did we get here? And right. you know, the stuff. whole idea of of creation. And then when I got into college and and uh, kind of got tried to get focus on what I was going to do with my life, which is about when I started doing it. I was, I guess, goofing around too much before then. I, um, I, I got into the the sciences, particularly chemistry and the biological sciences, and and then I got indoctrinated with evolution. And I, oh, so that's that's the explanation. We just we got here by chance and. Uh, it was a big bang, and we're on a spinning ball in an infinite universe, and everything's solved, you know. Is it? But that was not very that was not very satisfying either, because there wasn't even a creator in that uh, scenario. And uh, as I as I thought about that more, I uh, I uh, well, as I thought about that and and religion, once I got into to the well, you know, I actually got into like agnosticism and atheism, and you know, I went right along with all the professors and mm-hmm. just what you're supposed to do and mm-hmm. in academia and in higher education. Um, but there were there were unsettling questions, particularly although science is supposed to the way that it's taught is supposed to exclude anything with regard to the supernatural or a creator if the more you study it if if you really understand what it is you're studying you become pretty uh uh amazed by the intricacy you know and and whatever you learn you know you can get down into the um you know you get into the organs you get into the cells you get into the organelles you get into the the biochemistry, you get into the chemistry, you get into the physics, you get into the, the quantum reality, and it's and it's just endless. You know, it's infinite. You know, uh, what we don't know is is infinite, and that was troubling to to me. And I and I and the 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 sheer complexity of it all, which you particularly learn in in medical school, you go through all of the the biology, the organs, the surgery, the physiology, the pathology, the histology, cytology, all of that, the, the complexity of that was just did not fit to me the the notion of of this just happened, you know, by chance, you know that that uh, the spinning ball and a bunch of uh, primeval goo on that spinning ball eventually, caused uh, life to emerge life to yeah and so is that what the rev- evolution 
let's talk a little bit about evolution theory. So let's, I'm just kind of throwing stuff out here for fun. Um, let's say God, whatever God is, created some, you know, in the beginning was the word, and maybe God said something, and some kind of life form appeared, and then it grew into humans over billions of years. I mean, that's certainly possible, isn't it? I mean, if everything has a state of consciousness, this first molecule was probably conscious and maybe it wanted to replicate itself. Yes. Um, Is that what the evolutionary people well, claim? Yeah, I mean, they've, they, got to, they've got to give some kind of explanation for how this is happening, you know, how... <laughs> How out of nothing something comes to be. For, first of all, right, and uh, and then how that 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 something could co- complexify to the degree that it has into all of the myriad life forms that exist on the on the planet, and that's that's something I really I got you know very deep into. Um, I ended up after I after I got out of school. I ended up teaching classes on the origin of life and mm. and uh, writing a, a a book on this in the early, well, it was like about the mid nineteen seventies, which was it was called the creation evolution controversy, mm. mm-hmm. and uh, uh, was you know it was really kind of the first that I was am aware of a first foray into into comparing the two and what are the facts and so forth in that regard. So I, uh, but to get back on my, my track, you know, I got into college, atheism, evolution, and maybe I uh, kind of softened that to agnosticism. Uh, I felt that would be a little more fair because I really didn't know there wasn't a God. It's impossible to prove a negative, so to speak. And uh, then I thought, well, maybe uh, maybe there is a, a creator, and maybe I was just on the wrong track as a Catholic. And so I explored, you know, other religions. I, I got into the Bible. I, as a Catholic, you really don't get into the Bible. Right, you get more much, into yeah. Catholic dogma. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I got into the Bible and, and uh, you know, got kind of convinced that maybe that that's where the truth is you know that would be nice if there is a creator that that creator uh, has communicated with us to tell us what what on earth's going on here and so <laughs> I, I spent uh, a, a few years into that and then I finally realized that that uh, I, I finally came to the to the end point as to where I am right now and that is um, you know, there certainly is. I, I'm into, I'm into the truth wherever the the truth can, uh, wherever the truth leads is where where I wanted to go, and so I, I I realized that there that there was a creator because of the study I was doing showing that uh, the different proofs that there that there has to be a creator an intelligence of basically infinite capabilities, and. Uh, but yet, uh, I did the 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 notion that that creator uh, could be personified, as um, religions do, mm-hmm. and especially turning that creator into a book writer uh, was also 
not very palatable to me as I looked at it more more closely and and uh, so I got uh, I did a very thorough uh, once I put aside the the preconception that the Bible was quote the Word of God and just said well wait a minute here now let's see is it I mean is it there's other many other books that claim to be the Word of God and there's billions of people who have never even heard of the Bible much less understood it understand it and if the Creator wrote a book that was supposed to save us all how why why would it be so difficult to understand and why would you need religionists to explain it to us and so forth and as i as i examined the bible more closely i just found too many things in it that proved that it was not something that came from the creator that it was something from man and uh so that's that's where i am and and that's i think very all of that is very provable so that again, I, my goal, you know, and, and if any, anybody can prove anything different to me, hey, I'm there because right? I'm, I'm after truth. I know I realize that ultimately we all have to face the truth anyway. The truth is just there. Hmm. It's like natural law. You can't defy natural law. You can try to, you can try to jump off a cliff and, and not go down. That's not going to happen. You know, just truth is is just solid it's something that 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 is there available to us we have to seek it and to me that's 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 our, our primary goal in life is just to honestly find truth and uh, bend to it you know I and could, not let excuse me just go ahead just go ahead. what 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 moves the whole world right now is belief belief and faith and opinion and all those things have been like uh, made sacred. If someone has a belief, well, hey, they're entitled to their belief. If someone has an opinion, hey, they're entitled to their opinion. If someone has faith, well, you can't attack faith. But yet none of that has anything to do with truth. And truth is the thing that is our responsibility. So... So you feel like there's an ultimate truth that with the right perspective that we can all see and say, oh, that's the way it is. Well, to the degree that we're able to in this this physical realm. Right. You know, we are in, uh, let me back up for, for, the, for maybe the listeners who have kind of got turned off by what I've just said. Let me just say that, you know, I believe in what's provable. The create a creator of infinite intelligence is provable. You know, uh, uh, the, the the questions on the face of that book is, you know, where did we come from? Mm -hmm. You know, why are we here? Where are we going? Why we are here is to become. Well, let me let me back up on that and s say that we are created. But we, as 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 beings, but this physical uh, uh, body or this existence is just a shell. That we are actually spiritual creatures, occupying a temporary mortal shell, and uh, we are ruled in this mortal world by the thing that the Creator has given us, and that is conscience, uh, reasoning abilities, and experience. 
and conscience, reasoning abilities, and experience are all we need to be able to know how to live a, a better, a good life, and how to be better people. And that's why we are. That's why we are here. You know, we actually are spirit beings who chose to come to Earth. And everything I'm saying right now is provable. And all of the the data, the documentation, the scientific evidence is in the book and in my newsletter that that I I put out every, almost every week. So. Those things are all provable that we, we are spirit beings. We chose to come to Earth to try to become better beings. And when we leave Earth, we continue to a spiritual realm. And, and uh, that is, as far as we know, immortal. So, you and I being souls are immortal. Yes. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, no, when you say we chose, and I believe we did, but how do you prove that? You said it was provable. Well, well, um, you would have to, the, the proofs in that regard are things like uh, uh, near-death experience investigations, mm-hmm. which have been done scientifically. And when I, uh, I don't like the term near-death, it's, it's like, um, it should be called after-death experiences because these people are truly dead and yet they experience a, a spiritual existence and come back and are able to talk about what that spiritual existence is on that other plane. And then there's, uh, 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 I say, uh, past life regressions that, that takes people into the, uh, the Bardos, the, the area that's, that's considered to be in between earth life and another earth life, mm-hmm. uh, and so they're they're describing what that is like. Um, there's uh, uh, psychic uh, um, um, abilities that that we see, where we see people are able to talk to uh, uh, disincarnate uh, people. You know, uh, you know the uh, mediums. I want to say uh, mediums are able to talk to people who are on the other side. Um, these things, most of the things I'm talking about here right now, and I've got a whole section in the book that talks about this, you know, all of the different abilities that that prove that we are something other than mortal, you know, psychokinesis and the ability to foretell the future and um, uh, just uh, dogs that know when their owners are coming home and, and you know, just endless, endless uh, data and evidence to indicate that there is something far beyond just what's going on in our physical brain. That our brain is just like a receiver, so to speak, that our, our soul, our spirit, or the eye works through. And um, so, yeah. you ask what's the proof? I, I would say that, uh, you know, just there's tons of scientific documentation, double blind experiments, and so forth proving that, uh, you know, near-death experiences are real. These people actually were in a different existence, and and they come back and they tell us things. And most of the people who tell us what's on the other side is is similar. So, I mean, their stories are quite oh, sure. alike. Just, just chameleons. Um, Dr. Randy White's song is with us, Patrick Timpone, joining the show, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Subscribe to our channel, video channel, and hit the bell 
Uh, I, it would be remiss if I didn't tell this story. In 1983, I was uh, coming home from a date with a young lady in Austin, very cold outside, you know, and we, the car was running and we were parked behind her house and we were all bundled up because it was very cold and we were just cuddling and um, the next thing I know, I was hurtling through a tunnel, just, you know, never felt so free, so much love, everything you've always heard with these people, it was just, it's hard to explain, it was just so beautiful and so, I just knew that God loved me, whatever God was, and I was fine, and I just kept hurtling through this tunnel towards the light, and I just hurtling and hurtling, and along the way, I started to, I knew somebody or something, some energy was with me, and I started to ask questions telepathically, and said, if I keep going, what will happen to my mom and my dad and my girlfriend and my dog? And I was told, well, they won't exist. They won't exist, which I always have contemplated on as, and we could talk about that with a different reality, they won't exist. And I kept going, and I knew at some point that I had to go back, you know, I just knew it, Doc. And the moment I came to that conclusion, I was right back in my body, and uh, my girlfriend was kind of, her, her, um, she was just kind of hovering over me, and she was freaking out because she thought I died, and she was about to call 911, and I uh, said, no, I'm good. So, I don't know where I went, but, you know, um, I believe this is what happens to us when we die. I think this is what happens to us. And the best I can explain it is, it's just love, unconditional love. You know, just un- that's what they, just unconditional that's what they love. They all say just unconditional yep. love. That's what it's all about. Yeah, that's why we're here, right? To learn unconditional. So, as you know, well, that's, once, that's, once you have that's once, quite an experience. Oh yeah, and once you once you have this experience, it's like you know your soul. You don't believe it, right? You know you're a soul, and and. Uh, so once that fear of death is gone, that's pretty fun, you know, to have that. That's why I, I said truth is, you know, you you have, um, you know, there's <clears throat> your conscience, you have experience, and you have, you know, the facts, the na- you know, the things that we can know as fact. And, you know, that experience you've had uh, cannot be really debated. You know, it's something you had. It's there. I'm, I'm. I'm curious. What did your, what did your girlfriend do? Hug you too hard, or what? what no, nothing. There? We. I think I was like I just fell asleep or something. You know, just fell asleep and, it. You know, it happens. But you felt you, there was no physical thing that. No, happened. no physical reason at all to do it. Wow. Yeah, nothing. Just wow. it was just grace. You know, just God just said, "Here, check this out." You know, because I had always be been done. a seeker for, you know, a long time. 70s yeah. and 80s and you know I was reading all the books Krishna Murti and Alan Watts I'm sure you're familiar with these guys sure. all of them you know so I was real curious about who we are and why we are sure you know that's uh yeah that's uh the way that I, the way that I I have done the book and I'm not trying to plug a book here I want people to know that if they want to they want documentation for anything that I've said or anything on these on, on these subjects, they can go to the book and it's free on the site. 
You can download it free. Yeah, it's a it's so, a PDF, right? An ebook you can get. Yeah, you can get a, a PDF. I mean, it is available in, in written form, but uh, people don't have to to pay for it to get the digital digital version. And so that you know, the, all of that, the documentation is there for the things that we're we're talking about. I know it sounds to, for people who are not familiar with this subject, it just sounds like uh, woo woo, you know. And that's, yeah, sure. But and they they can't uh, under, understand because they may be clear back to, you know, they're an atheist or an yeah. evolutionist. You know, it's it's surprising. You know, this evolution thing is not just an academic. Uh, exercise to try to get that thing settled because it lies underneath everything that we're experiencing right now that is bad hmm, really because evolution is is basically materialism it's scientism it's a belief in those religions materialism is a secular religion scientism is a secular religion these are beliefs and the belief is that we came from nothing to be something, and all of this just happens by chance. We came from nothing, and we return to nothing. So therefore, we're just here in this realm to do what we can materialistically, scientifically, and so forth, to have as much fun or gain as much power and money or whatever as we can, and that's it. And that's really uh you can talk about anything like uh political corruption or what's going wrong with the educational system it's just it's just devoid of any any sense of duty or morality or responsibility mm -hmm. because there is i mean if we came from just if we're nothing but atoms just an aggregate of atoms where does morality come into that you know where, where's the ethics where where is the um, duty, you know, those those sorts of things are not there. Where's, where's conscience? Where's consciousness? You know, mm -hmm. they think that 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 uh, consciousness comes from the brain and a, a physical thing. You know, and it's just it's just not, not possible just not. to have like for free will. We have free will, and that's a tough one for them to argue out of is the fact that humans have free will. Now, how how do you get free will? if we're made out of atoms. Atoms are bound by natural law. They have to act in a particular way. They don't have a choice. Atoms, molecules, mm -hmm. you know, neurons, cells, so on and so forth. The material aspects of us are bound by natural law. But as far as our ability to direct this body and so forth, that is, a, that is free choice. That's free will. It's impossible to reduce that to atoms. So... So there has um, to be a, a, a divine intelligence or some kind of intelligence behind it all, which you or I are souls, and we we make choices because we and gave us that. Yeah, you know that that is that is the gift that is a That's created a gift, gift right? that we are. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, uh, but we are not just given free will without any kind of bounds and set or or direction. We have conscience. You know, we don't we don't need a holy book to tell us right from wrong. We don't need a holy book to tell us we should not kill, we should not steal, mm -hmm. we should not lie. And and that's one of the challenges I, I throw out to anybody who is uh, arguing that uh, that the creator is really the god of their holy book. And I say, well, can you, can you 
describe for me one thing in your holy book that has to do with being a better person that I can't derive from my own conscience. I just get silence. I mean, I've, I've asked that question for years, and nobody can answer that question. So unknowingness that we have, uh, that we, we feel and we know that ethical behavior is just the way to go. I mean, we just know it. It's there. It's just there. And as, and as you get older, you particularly you mm-hmm. particularly learn. And when you're young, you don't you don't, you don't think that maybe so much because you you do things and you think, well, nobody saw me, so I, I, I I'm can good. do that. You know, that's, that's that's gone. You know, that's <laughs> I got away with it, and yeah. <laughs> and uh, but when you get older, that that is that is a terrible haunting pain. Is what whatever you did that that. Uh, violate your conscience and hurt whether knowingly or unknowingly someone else it it's uh it stays with you that's uh um that's what conscience is you 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 have a flavor of that as when you're young but you don't feel so much the consequences of not obeying it mm. it's only as you get older that you reflect back and you think whoa you know that i i, I would like to redo that one you know, I, I do that a lot. I redo a lot of them, Doc. I, I'll go into, I'll remember something I did when I was 20 or something like that, or even a bad experience with a, a girlfriend or something, you know, when you're stupid and young and drinking beer. And I've written letters to to girls 25, 30, 40 years ago. I don't mail them, but I'll write them a letter and say, you know, I really didn't treat you right because I was dazing a few I'm sorry. I do that. And I've done that to a, wow, lot, of, yeah, a lot of my old, old relationships. I think it really clears out the cobwebs for me, even though you don't mail it. It's just your intention to, to rework that experience. And, and I'll think of another one from time to time. Oh, I said, I didn't write her, so I'm going to, you know, it was an Italian Scorpio. I had a lot of girlfriends. So, you know, you said, and I, I think it's very valuable to do that. Well, and who told you to do that? Oh, I just figured it. I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's my, that's my point. We, <laughs> it just seemed know, like the have, right thing to do, right? Just like, yeah, that's because it's embedded in us. Yeah. We have a conscience that, that, that tells us what's right and wrong. But if you think you're just a con- an agglomeration of atoms, that conscience is just just in the way. You know, it, it doesn't mean anything don't because you feeling, atoms don't have yeah, conscience. Don't you feel, get the feeling these days that most people think that th- there's something else going on other than we're just a blob of atoms? Or you probably know better. You probably well, get into I, more I, people than I do. Well, I... Th- yeah, I do. I think so. But then they, they don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. So they turn to religion, and that's where they end. Right. You see, because if, if, you, if you come, I think, you know, from the beginning of time, I think people have said, wow, you know, how did I get here? You know, how does this <laughs> tree grow from a seed into right. a tree? And, you know, that, you know, that's not something that people do. That's something that something greater than us uh, does, and when people come to that realization, that's where they come to the re- realization that there, w- that there is a higher power, if there is something greater than us. But what happens then is that people need to—they uh, have a need to personify that. They, they, mm-hmm. If it's if you know, that's where they—they've invented all the gods, yes, and the religions. And, and th- those things all supposedly speak for God and tell us who that God is and what it wants and what it says. And, 
and um, so th so they're dead ended, you know. So now, if they know what they should know what they should or shouldn't do, they just talk to the religious leader, who is the spokesperson for God, rather than exercise their own conscience or their own desire to find truth, you know, and follow truth. So that's 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 the dead end of religion. It, you know, once people develop what's known as belief and faith, uh, nothing else is able to penetrate their brain. You know, so they just follow what, what has been spoon-fed to them. And that's kind of an aftermath of us being children. You know, when we're, when we're children, you know, our parents are basically God to us. They tell us what's right. They tell us what's wrong. Then, then our teachers, you know, they tell us what's right, what's wrong. We have policemen who tell us what to do, what not to do. And then, and then uh, as we become adults, we just transition into, well, government now tells us what's right, what's wrong. Religion, religion tells us what's right and what's wrong. Teachers, professors, scientists, they tell us what's right and what's wrong. And, and we lose that, that quest that inner quest yeah, that that we should have to know for truth, for truth, and to and and to to follow our conscience. How did um, how did the idea of sin, which was big, I went, I was a Catholic as well, mortal sins, venial sins, dying, dying before you go to confession with a mortal sin, you go to hell. That whole thing, did that have an effect on you? Boy, it did me, man. I I had guilt for oh my God. a long time. It was tough, boy, to work through that. Yeah. Yeah, well, you all you had to do was confess it though, and do your little penance, and yeah, it was all done. washed away. But you then know? you always did the thing again, again right? We always did it. Total again. dependence, total dependence oh. on a daddy. You know, a surrogate mommy and daddy. That's what we grow up wanting is is mommy and daddies our whole life to tell us what to do, what's good, what's bad. How do we get a reward? How do we get punished? <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, that and that's that's happened secularly too. Look at the people who are are atheists, agnostics, a-religionists, and they're totally dependent on scientists and politicians, sure. government, sure. teachers, professors, so on and so forth, you know? Just, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they hey, uh, Daddy told us that, that there's a terrible pandemic and, and it's going to kill us all and you better get a vaccine, you know, or, or, or you know, going to be hell to pay, you know? So people just just follow along. You know, that's their mommy and daddy now. You know, when the church lost me, it was a class, I think I was in eighth grade, and the nun, we had these nuns, and she said, well, if the babies die without being baptized, they go to limbo. Oh, that was it, limbo. Remember that one? A place called limbo, in between limbo yeah. and purgatory. And then oh. she said, and then they stay in limbo forever, ever, 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 ever. And I, I asked her, I said, now, are you saying that just because a baby didn't get baptized that they always in limbo and they never go to heaven? She said, that's right, Patrick. That's what, And that's when they, the church lost me. I knew that she was full of it. You know, I just knew that that wasn't yeah. right. You know? So I, you know. <laughs> yeah. I got out early, you know. Well, <laughs> well of course, uh, Protestants, you know, Luther and the Reformation, uh, supposedly cleansed all that, uh, cleansed all that Catholic stuff. The, um, you know, the inquisitions and the witch trials and the, 
crusades and all the horrors of the Catholic Church. Right. But then, of course, uh, the uh, uh, Protestants really haven't done any better. We've had world wars, and and we have uh, COVID, and we have uh, uh, transgenders, and I mean, I mean, you know, where is it? And and so, mm. Uh, mm. you know, supposedly they, you know, they the they return to the Bible, and that's you know said to be the Word of God, and and so that's what uh, people who supposedly knew what the Bible said was then telling people what to do, and there was a little bit more liberty than there was under the right. Catholic hierarchy. You know, um, it, uh, with regard to to the Bible, I want to just. Uh, show you something here that one sure. of the things I told you before one of the things when people just insist that that in that the uh, uh, that a holy book or the Bible in particular uh, in our culture is is the Word of God and was created by the Creator I I asked them to explain or or describe any anything good uh, that uh, a person is instructed to do that they would not know to do mm -hmm. by using their own creator-given reasoning faculties and conscience, and nobody ever responds. Here's another thing that I that I that I I show. Um, um, if you don't mind, let me just read some of this. Okay. Um, sure, sure. First of all, you know, as in in terms of the of the Bible being you know, the source of goodness and, and, and kindness and fairness and justice and so forth. Uh, uh, the, the Bible God also uh, is synonymous with Jesus because Jesus and God are, are believed to be the same thing, really. Um, that God, that God Jesus killed all of humanity by a flood with the exception of eight people. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, it's estimated that at the time that the flood supposedly happened, there, was, there were billions of people on the earth. So that God killed everybody but eight people, supposedly because they were mm -hmm. nice people. And for some reason, that doesn't, that doesn't considering the fact that that killing would have involved pregnant women, would have involved infants and children who, who have not even reached the stage of of knowing what ethics or morality even is, other than what they're told. All the you know, animals, not all the animals, I mean, just the amount of, of suffering and killing that went on is just uh, something that I, I don't think that the, that the Creator was involved in. doesn't seem uh, to make sense. Then killed the, the firstborn humans, inclu including the uh, innocent infants and so forth, of the of the Egyptian nation. Uh, the The Bible says that uh, dwarfs, people with flat noses, those lame, with broken feet, unrounded corners of their beards, and all people other than one race, the Hebrews, who not coincidentally wrote this book, are in disfavor with with the the God Jesus of the Bible. Condemn victims for ten generations if they mutilated, if they have mutilated sex organs or are of illegitimate birth. Imagine what that does to the uh, transgenders right now. Kills people for making an ointment, burning incense, taking a census. Uh, Seventy-five thousand people were slaughtered for doing that. 
and for not cutting the ends of young boys' penises off or eating fat. fat. These are all Bible scriptures that are referenced. They killed uh, 50,000 and threescore and ten men for looking in a box, forced innocent, innocent children to wander and die in a wilderness for 40 years because of the sins of the parents, uh, commands killing all unbelievers, condemned uh, to leprosy children, their children, and a king were burned incense, orders that young boys who disobey or curse their parents be stoned to death. How about that one? Um, uh, starved people opened the earth to swallow them when they desired to eat, and then sent a plague to kill 14,700 more who complained about it, killed people for working or gathering sticks on the Sabbath, and for profaning it, induced snakes to bite people, and sent bears out of the woods to tear apart 42 children who called a man a man baldhead, sent a famine that forced people to eat their children, and beheaded 70 innocent sons and put their heads in a pile as a lesson. Remember, these are all things that the God of the Bible supposedly did, and Jesus did. Uh, tells men to kill their wives, even if pregnant, Children and friends, if they disagree with them on religion, commands no mercy be given and is wrathful if lives are spared. Condone jail lying to a man and driving a tent peg into the man's temple while he slept. Is partial to one race and keeps them in good graces if they commit murder, bash babies to the ground, and rip open pregnant women. Condones the practice of incest, adultery, genocide, sexism, keeping concubines, 300 for Solomon keeping and beating slaves with the only limitation being to not injure their eyes or teeth, commands the killing of adulterers and non-virgins brought to marriage, commanded to Jews to slaughter entire cities and to steal all their goods, kill and maim the animals, but keep alive the young virgin maidens to rape for their pleasure, for the, to take home to rape for their pleasure. So okay. that's yeah. some of the things. Some of the things. So uh, the question is, if the Bible is the source of of goodness and justice and mercy and so forth, how how can that how can that be true when we equate the the Creator with the with the origin of truth and justice? I so I, I only mention that I only mention that because it's a belief. You know, right now I'm engaged with a with a person who takes the opposite, who takes the position that the Bible, you know, is the unerring word of the Creator, and I'm presenting these things to him and so forth. And it doesn't really no ma no matter what I present, even you know the the killing of innocent babies. He has he has an explanation for that. Sure, I understand. I mean, I mean how do you have an explanation for killing? thousands of innocent babies i mean there there is no explanation it just shows the power of belief and that's what it da it's dangerous and look look at how that 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 power of belief is resulting in millions of people maimed and killed as a result of medical majors uh, uh, from the uh, the so-called pandemic which can be proven to be basically a hoax yeah, a whole from, thing. from and even from beginning to end know, even without the injections, I think that the medical, I think medical mishaps and uh, drugs and things like that is the number one cause of isn't it? Um, yes, it is. It's, wow. the, it's the number number one cause. I mean, and nobody ever nobody ever talks about that. It's 
it's just you know i mean then they people just continue to flock to the doctor if you, if you know my wife and i go out to eat we sit at a restaurant you listen to conversations at the table around they're talking about well, i went to the doctor and he said you know, the doctor said this oh well you know i sure. i had this and it was the biggest he had ever seen and it's the most he had ever seen and yeah. i mean just doctoring and doctoring you know just and uh, i you know my when my mother died uh she uh you know, was right right into that. When when she died, she was taking twenty three medications. Is that right? Twenty three. And that's not un that's not unusual. By the time people reach reach uh, you know old age and you know toward end stage of life, you know they they take a pill, you know, and then and then maybe that helps one thing, and they go back into the well, But but yeah, but that makes me nauseous. Oh well, here take this one. Take well, and then you take that one, and before long you're on. 20 different medications and nobody nobody on earth has any idea what those combinations will do to that particular person in their physiology and biochemistry no way and so no. forth. i think they call it stacking don't they stacking when they stack up the drugs uh, just the shotgun approach just, you know just you know whatever yeah it is stacking that's true yeah, yeah and we've looked into uh, the whole idea of cancer and i'm sure you have too and we recently had uh, dr seafried on about cancer and uh, the entire, according to him, and he's probably one of the most uh, authoritative uh, people on cancer, and that's all they talk, all they look at. That the whole idea that cancer is a genetic thing is just not true, and the whole cancer model is built on that. The whole model is built on that. No, I see. I see cancer as uh, basically a reaction to the body from the unnatural circumstance it's being subjected to. It. Mm -hmm. I agree. And that could be, that unnatural circumstance could be um, uh, drugs they're taking, it could be improper nutrition, it could be uh, a uh, sedentary life, it could be lack of sunshine, it it could be uh, just Every, anything that the takes above, us right? out. Yeah. It takes us out of, of what our genetic uh, expected context is. You know, our our genes are are expected to be uh, expected to uh, to be born into a world of of nature, and and to live uh, according to the way those genes dictate. To eat the way that they dictate. You know, to have the physical exercise necessary in order to get food, to build a shelter, and so on and so forth. And we're just out of context. You know. Probably the worst thing out of context right now would be the drugs, the the environmental problems, and so forth. You know, and the the uh, manipulation of the food supply so that it's basically basically processed things that that you would never find in nature. Well, it looks like they're really pushing that one too, isn't it? With this war on meat, and and uh, they're taking the cows away from farmers, and they want the farmers and. Or is it Norway or Netherlands, someplace like that? Uh, yeah, I heard that. Yes. To kill like two, they're going to do like two, two thousand, I don't, two million cows or something, because they're well, they're doing doing the same thing to chickens because of a supposed virus. Yeah, right. You know how they detected the virus <laughs> using the PCR test? Oh, did they? Oh, good. <laughs> and that's not going to end well. I mean, you, know? you could prove anything with a PCR test. You I know, know, it's just it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah but see, underneath all of that is belief you know none of that can happen without 
the public or the leaders having beliefs that that allow them or drive them to do the things they do and that is the bane of the world is just people locking their minds into belief and faith rather than uh you know looking for truth and obeying that it feels like the biggest challenge is from my perspective is that most souls god love them believe that they are their mind and they're not there's you know as you said early they're spiritual beings and so they think they're all these random thoughts hurtling through their head but they're not you know we're just not yeah i, th- I think about how that during the course of the day i think it's something like uh during the course of the day there's estimated to be something like um uh you know over four thousand thoughts that just all of a sudden appear in your head you know ideas thoughts whatever you know what will i do now or you know you have a memory you know you, you know just your right. mind does those kinds of kinds of things uh in and and nobody can explain where that comes from you know what's what's the foci what's the the locus in the brain that that originates those thoughts and how how are you able to keep all those things um, separate? And uh, how do they come like one at a time rather than all at once and just making you totally mad, you know? So way, way too, too many uh, mysteries to, to, uh, um, to, to conclude that the brain, brain is just, just a, uh, uh, a physical apparatus, you know. Well, we, it's we more have the like mind. a receiver. Yeah, the brain have, is like yeah. a receiver. We have the mind, you know, right? We, that's we, phys- that's, pardon me? We have the mind, which is not physical. And right. Mind. It's the it's the I. It's the soul. It's the real us. It's it's the thing that is generating the signal, so to speak. And then the brain is just the the tool, the television set that trans. Uh, uh, translates that message into something that we can recognize and think about in a physical way and it's compatible with this physical world. Yes, sir. Dr. Weissong, stay right there. We're going to do a little break, please. Nice having you on the show. It is As If Thinking Matters is the name of his website. And we're talking about some ideas from his, this really fun book you could get. I got the hard copy. He sent me a copy. but uh, And you can buy that on his website. Hard copies are always fun because you can, you know, mark on them and stuff like that. But he also has this as a PDF uh, ebook on his website for free if you don't want to spend 12 bucks or whatever it is. Why solving the big questions? We're doing that this morning. Tomorrow, Dr. Tom Cowan. And we'll see what he's been up to lately. Um, we have some specials going on with one of our. Uh, uh, our, our clients, uh, the people that we talk to, and it's uh, for Father's Day, and if I can find it here, yeah, I don't know what happened to it. It's all this good stuff for boys and men, which is um, pine pollen, uh, elk velvet antler, and uh, colostrum. These are nice things that you can that you can try, and I think I'm going to find the elk velvet antler. I had it, and then I lost it. I hate it when that happens. Hold on. Oops. No, that's not it. Well, I'm just going to play the pine pollen one then, because I 
I just thought I was going to do this one, but we'll do the pine pollen. This is a really nice thing for men, really nice product. Check it out on sale right now. The first supplement I like to take in the morning, right after I wake up, is Pine Pollen Pure Potency, or P4. This is Cirque Rival's flagship testosterone and androgen support formula. It's made with the pollen of pine trees, which is rich in testosterone, androstenedione, DHEA, and a bunch of plant sterols. These are all substances, phytochemicals, that support the body's natural androgens, or male hormones. Of course, men and women are using this product, but usually it's men in andropause. Men after age 40 whose testosterone production has started to decline. Many of survival supplements can be taken any time of day, but Pine Pollen Pure Potency, it's important that you take at very specific times of the day. Now it can be taken once, twice, or three times, depending on how much you want to supplement yourself with the phytoandrogens found in it. But the key is taking it at morning, right upon waking, midday or noon, and then again right before bed. So once, twice, or three times a day, but always at those times. And that's because that's when your body's naturally producing its own testosterone. And all we want to do is amplify that sine wave. We don't want to start to take testosterone at a time where our body's purged it from the bloodstream. Instead, we want to take it at a time where those levels are already spiking and we're just subtly helping to increase them. This product tastes fantastic. I think of it like an orange creamsicle. And that's because in addition to that subtle pine flavor, there's a little bit of orange peel, Tahitian vanilla bean, cloves, and then a little bit of maple syrup just to give it this nice kind of sweet orange flavor. So it's really delicious and easy to take. So if you're looking to increase your testosterone or androgen levels and you want an alternative to pharmaceutical testosterone replacement therapies, there's nothing that does it better than Pine Pollen Pure Potency. It's a great company, great product. It's just one of the the man, men things they have on sale for Father's Day. Use the promo code ADAPT15 if you care. You can get some pine pollen, elk velvet antler, and colostrum from any Sir Thrival link on OneRadioNetwork.com. We have been uh, a student of monetary history since, oh, I don't know, 95? I met a fellow by the name of Andrew Goss, and uh, I actually saw him on on uh, public television. I was traveling in New York at a food show and I heard him talking on public television, if you can believe it, talking about how the Federal Reserve Bank is not federal. It's owned by uh, the big banks, which is true. The Federal Reserve Bank that creates all the money is owned by J.P. Morgan and Citibank and HSBC, China, and, uh, you know, all of them, Goldman Sachs, all the big banks. So I said, what? Come on, that Federal Reserve is federal. So I got to be friends with Andrew Goss and we became best friends and I interviewed him on my show in Austin and then also on this show every week for 12 years. So I became quite um, knowledgeable about the monetary system. Matter of fact, I've written a screenplay called The Real World of Money where the president sends in the army and takes over the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, sends them in, which is what I would do if I was president tomorrow. Why, why should we, the Federal Reserve Bank create the money? We, we can create it right in Treasury. We wouldn't have any debt, but that's another story. So I understand the monetary system, and knowing that, uh, Fred Deshevsky, who's on our uh, network once a, a month, is Andrew's farmer partner, and Andrew and Fred knew how this system worked uh, 35, 40 years ago, and because of that, they've been in the gold and silver 
uh, buying and selling business because they've always felt like it was going to be a, a, uh, a, you know, a business that has legs, if you will. And boy, does it have legs today. The uh, inflation has never been, well, it was, it was just as high maybe in the 70s when gold went from $35 to 850 during Jimmy Carter days, remember, when he had a, these, button, these buttons, win inflation now, W-I-N, <laughs> in the White House. And interest rates also went up during the 70s. For those of you youngers, guys don't probably remember it, but it did. As interest rates are going up now in mortgages, they went to 15% by the time gold topped at 850 in 1981. And uh, some feel like the interest rates on mortgages are going to go all the way to 10 12% if the inflation continues, which there's no reason why it will not. Because all they have now is money creation. That's it. Debt. That's all they have. So we think gold, silver, and especially in the form of coins, numismatic coins, is a way to, good way to go. Numismatic coins are a private uh, transaction. There's no 1099s. Nobody knows when you buy or sell gold coins. Only you, only you know. Uh, they don't send in any reports. So you have to remember to pay your taxes on these because... You know, you have to pay taxes on anything you buy and sell at a, at a profit. So, But there's no, no forms that, that the Federal Reserve, I mean the IRS gets. If you'd like to get some coins, check it out. 800-878-2646. They only deal in real American money. No, um, no bullion or stuff like that. They do have currency silver. They're called coin silver. And this is silver that was minted at the mint before 1965. And this is uh, the currency of the coins that had silver in it. After that, they start using copper. So these things are valuable. And you can buy a bag of these quarters, dimes, or halves and put them in your underwear drawer. And we think gold is going to make some big moves because of the way the system is set up in the next few years. And it'd be a nice way to hedge inflation by having gold and silver. So call, call, uh, hello, call Fred, 800 <laughs> 878-2646. Tell him I sent you, and he'll take real good care of you. Broadcasting live, weekday morning, this is listener-supported One Radio Network. This is Patrick Timponi talking with a nice fellow who's written 13 books on life and love and fooling around, Dr. Randy Weissong, veterinarian by... Uh, Trade. How long were you a vet, Doc? How long did you do that? Um, uh, about 15 years. 15 years. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I practiced. Uh, I, I began practices in Colorado and then um, <clears throat> and then uh, back, uh, went back to East Lansing, Michigan State, where they wanted me to uh, teach uh, surgery there. And I decided uh, I do that. not to, to just to do the. I didn't like the uh, uh, the whole lab animal thing. You know, that's what you, what you get into when you get into Do they? medical oh. schools. You know, I just that's just uh, breaks your heart. Breaks it, your, yeah. yeah, it did. Yeah. I mean, that's not why I went into I, I went into veterinary medicine because I wanted to stop suffering and you know uh, feel like I could really do good for for uh, creatures. And so yes, sir. yeah. So I didn't do that, and, and so I went back to East Lansing and. And taught and started a practice there, and then I started another 
moved to my hometown, which is in Midland, and started practice there. And then, and then I started uh, uh, developing uh, clinical and surgical uh, devices and so forth in my uh, in my spare time. And I started a, a business doing that. And then that transitioned into my awakening with nutrition. And then I started developing uh, human nutritional and animal nutritional products. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that uh, pulled me away from practice altogether. And that that uh, product line is still out there today. I see it at the natural food stores, right? White Song. Yes, it's still still going alive and well. Yeah, I've been around for years too. I believe a long time. Yes, yeah, for about thirty years or so. I'll be done. Well, I don't have any doubt. So this is not a belief. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I know that animals are souls too. Oh my God! Oh I know, yes, I know. You know I, yeah, yeah. I've got a. I've got a. Uh, when I when I send out my newsletter, I usually try to put some kind of a video in there. That, and often that they are they are animal type videos, and I'm just uh, I'm amazed at some, particularly on I, I think it's on Twitter. My wife is sending me a lot of these, which uh, I certainly appreciate. They're great, so, aren't they? So some good. of the things out there. So, just yeah, the, some of them are just so funny, but it just. Just the, uh, they're just so human. I, uh, I hate to. They are. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's there's more there than than, much more there than what we think. And I, much more. Yeah. Don't you love yeah, the ones with the was, animals uh, and the babies? The one I just uh, and the babies. There was one I was looking at today. Maybe I'll I'll try to remember to send it to you yeah. afterwards. There's a, uh, a guy uh, has got, a bulldog. <laughs> And they're they're kind of an ugly. This this was a great big bulldog, you know, slobbering and everything. And they were both on the floor. The bulldog was on the floor, and the man was down on a hand on his hands and knees. And then, in in a trail, uh, going away from the bulldog were were like cookies or something, some kind of a treat, right. spaced out. And then in front of the man, there were these cookies spaced out, and he. He looks over at the the bulldog, and he's there at the starting line. And he says, "Now he says, uh, now don't don't start before I do. You know, <laughs> whoever whoever gets to the end gets the final cookie in that bowl. So there was a bowl at the end with a little cookie or some kind of a treat in it that the dog liked, and the guy evidently did too. And so he says, uh, the bulldog just sitting there, just no, just expressionless. You you wouldn't." Swear the bulldog doesn't have a clue what's going on anywhere. And the guy says, one, two, <laughs> three. <laughs> and the, the bulldog just miles ahead, you know, picks up each of the little things, you know, headed toward the bull. And the guy's picking him off with his, off the ground with his mouth, too. And the bulldog gets to the end, grabs his last one, and then grabs one out of the bowl. And then he just grabs the, the the bulldog and just just loves on it, loves on him and, and chides him about winning the race and so forth. I mean, it's just incredible that they are so the bond uh, and so forth. You know, there was uh, 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 you know a, even though you know I had to 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 learn all about horses while I was in school and yeah. how to treat them and do surgery and so on and so forth. Not being raised with horses, I never really was able to get close to them like i was able to get with with uh dogs and cats and so forth but there was a uh there are uh animal mediums 
who are able to communicate with with pets after they pass and communicate back to the owner uh, messages from that pet. Are you familiar with that or not? Well, I think you can go direct, but I, I know that there are people who do that, but I think you and I can do it with my dog. I'll give you some ideas, but yeah, yeah, they, they do. But you can do it yeah, yourself, was, Doc, yeah, the, I think. The, yeah. Yeah, there was uh, there was one who was able to communicate with horses. Yeah, and this particular horse had died, and it was uh, a um, I, th- I think it raced, or it did it did something where it was, uh, you know, in a in a in a show type circumstance, and it it related back about how much how proud it was to be able to do the things that it did, and and. Uh, <laughs> It just kind of gave you insight into the fact that these these creatures are thinking far oh. beyond what we give them credit for. And the only only reason uh, you would know that this particular horse was really being communicated with is that it was talking about things about the stall where hmm. where it, where it uh, where it was housed, about uh, a particular kind of treat that this owner would give it. I mean, things that identified it as indeed the the horse that was being communicated with uh on the other side so uh, yeah that's that's uh yeah i'm i'm just really really struck by that and i think that's one of the one of the things i really did not like in in practice in in veterinary practice is that um almost everything i i had to do to an animal hurt them <laughs> yeah i don't know huh? and, and it was you yeah. know they, they didn't understand what i was trying to do or what i why i was trying to do it that had to be hard and uh, yeah just uh yeah and it was hard you know you do a, a complicated surgery you know maybe an animal would have multiple fractures and you'd be have pins in them and so forth and and then and then they have to go through that recovery and you've got to put rig of splint for them so that they're able to walk on it and not chew the splint just this this all this manipulation and so forth and and uh and you're there doing that and uh they're feeling what you're doing they don't really know or at least you don't think that they know maybe they know more than what i thought but that that you were that you were really trying to to help them so that that was uh that was very difficult hard to hard to contend with when you really just want to just have a nice relationship with a with a pet you love to be able to just uh wave a magic wand over them and have them be better and and have them understand that that you did that and you love them and and right. uh right wish wonder, them well and so forth how did you think about and what was your whole protocol because we it's very relevant today about the vaccines for the animals um how did you deal with that well i was i was you know, I was a uh, a trained medical person at that time. I did did what uh, standard of care indicated I had to do. If I didn't do it, I could be brought before a board and lose my license. And but I was not in in those early years after school. I, I was, you know, I was being a doctor. Yeah. You know, I mean that's and and that's how I was earning my living. Living, which I didn't like that aspect of it either. I didn't like the fact that I had to charge people for for doing something that was you know helping an animal you know that that bothered me so um but in any case yeah i i did did what uh you know was standard of care 
that's how I made a living. And uh, it wasn't really until the the thing that that awakened me really was nutrition. I had um, discovered uh, in in my own diet that you know I was eating three meals a day. Uh, I was uh, working out a lot. I played played sports, very competitive, hard sports and stuff. And um, so I had to eat a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I discovered that I, I couldn't eat lunch, you know, that, I mean, I was eating lunch because I had always eaten lunch. But yet I found out that, you know, I was really not, that was not, not something I could digest well. And so I was having stomach issues and and uh i i didn't want to i didn't want to take them i was uh, aware enough of what medications could do i was not into taking medications so i thought i'd just explore other other treatments and and i ended up taking uh garlic oil capsules garlic for, oil. For, my, for, for my stomach oil mm-hmm. my stomach uh, problems and that plus uh not eating lunch solved the problem and i thought what the you know hmm. There's there's more to this than then I said the the garlic oil, um, kind of opened my eyes to you know the idea of herbs or just just plants having having healing properties and I got more involved in that and that uh, out of that I developed you know all kinds of nutritional products and, and so forth and uh, so that kind of uh, basically moved me. I, it, it took me to where really I wanted to go. I, I would. I like the idea of being able to do something for animals and people that would prevent them from having to go to a doctor. I, li- I like solutions. I don't like these band aid things. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like I, I think about uh, people are starving in Malawi. So what's the solution? load up tankers with with uh, rice and send it over to feed the children and what does that do that that feeds everybody and so they reproduce more and you even have more children <laughs> there was there's no there's no solution you know it's like it's like giving medication to to people with chronic diseases it's just just covering up symptoms and not getting at any bare bare uh yes at, no. at, uh, the bare cause, you know, and, and trying to focus on a solution. So I, you know, my whole idea in developing the the nutritional products was to to do something that would help animals, you know, not get sick and and, and were, was preventive. And we we were basically the first company that developed, you know, holistic uh, uh, carnivore carnivore Carnivore. type natural based uh, pet foods we were up against uh, purina and hills and so forth that were just doing the standard extruded corn and soy based products incidentally i tried i tried i wrote articles you know uh, articles uh, and, and and tried to submit them to scientific journals and even though i had the documentation showing uh you know the benefit of a particular nutritional regimen for a particular condition or disease or prevention. The, they just wouldn't publish it. You know, the, because guess who was in control of the uh, the peer review board? Purina and Hills. <laughs> they were the people on the board. You know, so 
uh, yeah, peer review scientific publications. That's just uh, that's what's that? That's conformity consensus. If you're not publishing that fits the the present belief system, you're, you're just not going to get it out there. Plus, you know, if you want to try to publish uh, or or uh, like say uh, publish a scientific article uh, proving the the benefit of carrots. And you, you've got all the research, you know, it's double-blinded and so on and so forth. Um, you know, you just, you know, you can't, you're not going to get that published because it's, you know, especially if that would mean that a, uh, that a certain drug wouldn't have to be taken, like maybe a, right. a synthetic form of retinol or whatever. So, right. so the information we get is, is so, it's so groomed. It's groomed because of all the financial interests that are that are holding things in place you know that's that's the thing about our system is that you know, things might begin with a good idea and uh they uh they become popular uh, maybe develop businesses income starts coming as a result of the idea you know institutions are built more money flows in uh, dozens, hundreds, thousands of jobs rely on that particular idea. How do you dislodge that? Yeah, I think you just have to create your own reality huh, around these people because yeah, you know, they're, you just, they're not going that's anywhere. That's what we're facing right now is yeah, that everything right? about yeah. it, everything is just these entrenched Bonkers, institutions know. that have no basis in in reality or goodness, you know, or... Just bonkers. Uh, it, it, yeah, I think about... Uh, uh, you know, getting back to uh, just this these, this belief uh, thing and this this thing about transgenderism, which is really just kind before, of really before we get into uh, that. Upsetting. Yeah, I, I wanted to to talk a bit, but I want to stay with the animals a little bit because you're, cause you're okay. a vet and I think you're interested in this. I want to show you guys a little experience that I had, and I think you'll find this fascinating because you know that there are souls. Here's a picture of my girl here. <laughs> she's a golden doodle and uh, she's lying right here next to me so this about four or five years ago I was just uh, dreaming I was in dreamland somewhere and all of a sudden I heard this little voice it was the most beautiful cutest like a Walt Disney voice Dr. Song. it was like just sweetest voice and I always remember it said Patrick my left teat is sore. Please help. Wow. Wow. That's just, I get goosebumps when I say it. Just that. So, of course, I get up in the morning. What do I do? The first thing, I turn her over, and I'll show you the picture of what I saw. And I took a picture of it. See that left teat? Oh, teat. I thought you said teeth. teeth. No, teat. Yeah. See, it's swollen. Yeah, I see. It's swollen. Wow. Right. Now, how do you... You know, you just can't make that up. You know, it's like, no. wow. No. Unbelievable. Wow. She just told me in a dream, not even telepathically, but words. Patrick, wow. my left teeth is sore. Please help. Wow. You are too, You are pretty tuned in, buddy. <laughs> I work at it. <laughs> I, you know, I'm very blessed, you know, to, to see some of these things. And you know, Do you dream, Doc? Do you, do you have dream, good le dream life? Uh, I have uh, crazy dreams. Do you? Dream, dreams that make total sense while I'm dreaming them. <laughs> and 
And then when I wake up and think about what I just read, what on earth? What, what, what's, earth? Going, <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do have, I do have uh, it, uh, quite a few experiences where I, I have premonitions, uh -huh. like um, mm -hmm. might be watching a television program and someone's going to say, well, uh, you know, uh, it was way back and such and such, you know, way back. And I did this and someone will say, well, you know, do you, what year was that? And I'll, I'll just have a, I'll date pop 1933. Know, right? I'll just, it's just there. Yeah. And I'll, <laughs> and they say 1933. So, you know, those kinds of things and, and be thinking about someone and the phone ring. Of course. Someone I haven't heard from in two years. Hey, boom. I mean, what yeah, do you think right? that, do, do you think this must come from, where do you think it comes from? Do you, have you thought about that information? Where is it? You know, well, we are one. Yeah, we you are know, one. It's, it's, yeah. We are supposedly, you know, it's timeless. That yeah. that there is no, there really is no future, no past. It's all uh, one. But that's that's beyond my comprehension. I mean, I can say those words just like I can say infinity, but I can't comprehend it. It's like knowing there's a creator, but trying to comprehend it is is not within my capability. And I'm I'm just waiting till I move into another realm and, and <laughs> to have some out. of these things answered for me. You know, I, I know that there's no time. I just know. And so, but I, you know, Doc, I tell myself a lot. I tell myself that a lot during the day. Say if I start to think about tomorrow, which is silly. What do you care, right? I'll just say, Patrick, there's only now. Just move on. And I, that's why I do it because what's the point of thinking about something? Because if there's only now, tomorrow's going to be here now, you know, when it comes. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's tough though. I mean, it's, oh yeah, because we get moving so fast, you know. And it's like, yeah, and we got so much. Uh, you get so much stuff going on in your life. Uh, in particular, as you get older, you've got a lot of history. You've got family. You've got uh, responsibilities, and I mean, just uh, it's pretty hard to just stay in the moment. You've got to kind of. But I uh, think it's our job. I, I because otherwise I'd go crazy. Well, I, I think that helps you with know our, I mean? you know <laughs> one of the things I hate is is. Uh, uh, is the fact that I can't listen to music, particularly old time music, uh -huh. you know, music that I heard when I was a kid yeah. at home in the house, or uh, music that when I was uh, a teenager, or even you know, just uh, those those things really really tug at me because I you know I miss that that history and those those people. When you get so emotional much, with you know. them when you when you hear the songs. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I, 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 do too. I I have to just turn them off. Yeah, just, <laughs> just start crying, you know. Just, it's good for you crying. No, it's good for you crying. Just yeah. have fun. Yeah, I'm the same way. Well, I, I spent you know 30 years as a disc jockey, and you know every time I hear one of those old songs, I can tell you exactly what year it was because I remember where I lived wow. at that time. You know, you know, like the Carpenters close to you. I remember the first time I heard it. The first time I heard it in 1971, I was just Jackie and Quincy, and I knew that she, this woman had the most beautiful voice. I get to start crying when I think about it. The most beautiful voice I've ever heard, Karen Carpenter, you know. That, yeah. Remember that song, Close to You? And, and, um, sure. I got in trouble for playing it so much. My, you know, my boss yeah, would that, say, don't that play one, that one too. would probably make me cry. You <laughs> I know, know. <laughs> totally. I just, I just don't, I, I, I can't do it. You know, like uh, listening, I can't even imagine listening to uh, the radio, uh, when I'm driving and stuff and listening to music, there's no way I can just do can't that. do it. Huh? But the only music that I can listen to 
and not have that happen so much is uh, good bluegrass. I mean, I like yeah. I've, yeah. I've learned to play the five string banjo, and I kind of because I really like this the sound of bluegrass music, right. and that doesn't do that to me. There, there's been so, people doing some work with uh, Alzheimer's and dementia patients playing these old songs, and it helps mm. them to remember, and it yeah. gets their little their little memory thing going again, and they've had some pretty good results with that. You know, They'll say, oh, yeah. I remember when I was you know, a kid and we played that song, and then they start thinking about what they did, and it gets them going again sometimes. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Sure. Yeah, pretty cool. 